You've got to hear what this is saying. Today, if you're honest, when you sin, and everybody in this room sins, some way, shape, or form, remember the word sin means to miss the mark. Doesn't mean that you pull a robbery. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you beat up some little old lady and take her purse or sleep around. But every one of you sins every day somehow. But tell me this isn't really the way you've thought most of your Christian life. When you do sin, something in you, because of how you've been taught, has made you feel like the moment that you sin, that God backs away from you ever so slowly. He removes his favor from you. And basically, you have to work and work and work. And Satan makes sure you feel like this. You have to work and work and work till you can crawl back and get to a place where finally, after 47 days of repentance and 75 years of fasting, you feel like that you can come back to God again and say, okay, Lord, here I am again, and I'm going to serve you, and I, I want to serve you, and, because I, and I'm sorry. Please come back, God. Please come back, and, you know, please come back. Please come back. Um, somehow, you have to believe what it's going to say three chapters later in Hebrews. I will not. I will not. I will not in any way ever leave you or forsake you. Assuredly not. I will not. It says it three times in the Amplified because of the way the Greek words are. He said, get this through your head. I won't leave. I won't. I won't. This is a different covenant. You think I'm angry. My anger was expended upon Jesus Christ in your behalf. I'm always here. I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm never going to leave. My intent is that my never leaving you and always loving you is going to drive you nuts <laughs> to the point that you want to stop sinning. It is hard to keep hurting somebody that just keeps loving you. Does anybody hear me? All I can do is show you this first, but I want you to hear me. Most of the world, most of the Christians think, because like that verse I quoted in Corinthians and those other teachings in Corinthians about food offered unto idols, remember? Some people throughout their entire lifetime having been accustomed to thinking in a certain way. See, most of the body of Christ have been accustomed to thinking all of their Christian experience that you've disappointed God, you've let God down, and now God has removed himself from you, and you're going to have to work, work, work to get back to a place where God will ever hear your prayers. And they'll quote Old Testament verses. Listen, they'll quote an Old Covenant verse. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And that's true in the Old Covenant. But I, like I said, I've been doing this prayer thing, teaching this stuff for 20-some years. I want to tell you, some of the greatest answers of prayer I've ever had in my life <laughs> have been when I've made some of the stupidest mistakes I've ever made in my life. When I have been, when I made, uh, when I sinned horribly by getting angry or doing something stupid the night before or even the same day, but I knew, but I came racing to God and I said, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And Boom. I mean, you have to know that when he, you ask him to forgive you, he's faithful. 
Now remember, I keep when we teach that, but I've got to say it over and over again. Hopefully you'll catch it. When the word faithful is used, you can't be faithful to something unless something's already in place in the past to be faithful to. You hear that? I'm faithful to my wife. When it says I'm faithful to Julie, it means I'm faithful to the agreement, the covenant that we entered into over 20 years ago. God, when you ask him to forgive you, like they say, it's not when he found out about the sin. Right? Because he always knows. He knows everything. But, when, but see, that covenant, that part of the covenant has been put in motion for you. When you... See, if, if you believe the other way, that God distances himself when you sin, isn't this true? You do not want to come close to God when you know that you've made mistakes, do you? No, because the world's taught you that way. Do you want to run to church, like I said, on a Sunday morning when you screwed up on Saturday night? No, you feel guilt. And guilt drives you away. But you see, when you begin to see this, what happens is, you don't run from God. You start running to Him. Hallelujah. You realize He's there and He never leaves you. And that's why you just go ahead and you surrender and say, well, you're never going to leave me anyhow, so I just repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me. And you just, you just, and it breaks this thing. And, and He just picks you up and says, yeah, you're forgiven. Now let's go. But I'm telling you, some of the greatest answers to prayer have been, even in my ministry, and I'm just being honest, and any real honest minister will tell you the truth. There's no minister, you know, no ministers are perfect. You do know that, don't you? They don't walk around on some holy, like they're not some angels that live perfect lives. We're just people that are operating in an office that God's called us to, just like you operate in an office that you've called to. But we're under a far more severe responsibility. But even with that, it's an amazing thing to know. I mean, some of the, some of the, Finest, like I just said, healings that God's ever done have been literally on the shirt tails of me having done something so stupid and sinned before God, but said, Father, forgive me. But God in his grace would just boom, just do this and heal somebody just to show me how right I am with him, that my righteousness with him. Well, first of all, see, I can't heal anybody anyhow. <laughs> Hello, right? Yes. And so that's what I mean. See, it's not like it's about me anyhow. All I know is somehow you and I have to get this through our head. In the Old Testament, when God reached out his hand to help and assist and relieve his people, and when they did not abide in his agreement or in his word, his commands, when they did not abide in his agreement, he disregarded them and removed his favor. But he, again, all I can do is just read it. this New Testament. It says, will not be like. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. It will not be like the old one. This is supposed to just shake you and shake you until you go, oh my God. You mean God's still with me? He hasn't left me. No, he's never going to leave you. You mean his favor is still around me? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You mean he's not disregarding me? He's not distanced himself. He's not moved to the Bahamas. No. He's right here. He's a never-present help in time of trouble. Boy, I tell you, all I know is that if you please keep hearing everything added together, it's the goodness of God that's intended to draw your hearts and minds to repentance. See, the stuff, this begins to grip you, and it breaks the power of sin. And sin, you get an, again, remember, is a lie. 
in the first place. Satan's just been lying so long. And see, this is what creates a boldness. I put it somewhere in one of the notes that, it, that what the revelation of grace will do is it will produce a humility before God in you and a boldness before the devil. There'll be a boldness coming to your spirit where you just say, I'm not, I don't, you know, I've been lied to. I don't have to bow down to this stuff. And if I do slip up, well, bless God, I'm not going to lay there in the mud for five years. I'm going to jump right back up. I love what it says in Proverbs. It says, a righteous man falls daily, but he gets right back up. See, the issue isn't how often you fall. The issue is, do you get back up? Well, you won't get back up if you've got a hundred preachers looking at you saying, you did what last week? What I mean is that, you know, this stuff comes off of these people. Rejection, we reject you. There's yeah. stuff, see, I say it over and over again. If you study the life of this man we call Jesus, our Lord, if there's one word that would be the hallmark of his ministry, it's the word acceptance. He sat with sinners, prostitutes, dope fiends. He, he, no sinner felt rejected in his presence. He didn't accept the sin, but he accepted the sinner. That's what caused the sinner to change. Amen. 